much larger volume did not necessarily mean much larger money, but it was exciting to see that business growing and developing. And, and right. It's just one of those moments where you just kind of pause and said, wow, this is, this is starting to happen. So why would two guys leave comfortable jobs, move across the country and start a business in an industry they don't know, a place they don't know, and could it be successful? We're Dale and Brian Carmi. Join us as we share our story and inspire you to become people of impact. Welcome to the Impact Without Limits podcast. What do you believe about yourself? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Impact Without Limits podcast. I am Brian Carmi here with my brother, Dale. Hello. And we are... Uh, <laughs> that was an interesting hello there, Dale. You kind of caught me off guard. Uh, I always want to keep you on your toes, Brian. Yes, you do. So anyway, we are walking through uh, our story. And we've, we've talked about different things and different paths and how we were kind of running this national uh, business, setting up dealers across the country. And we're also working in Albuquerque and, and now, or, so, yeah, locally installing. We're talking this week kind of about some of what we're seeing on the dealer side. And we're, we're starting to see some of these dealers come on and we've talked about them, but now we're starting to see success and specifically success in Southern California. Yeah. And, and again, our, our basis up to this point was what we were doing in Albuquerque and Ty getting going down in Florida Right, we had a little bit going on in Tucson, but um, that faded away after the transition out of Ashland into Foreverlawn. So I, I don't want to sound wrong, but I, I guess maybe the bar wasn't set incredibly high in terms of you know big markets and what was possible. And we we started what was going on in California caught our attention. Right. I mean, there's definitely a different in market size, right? Um, in Albuquerque, we're in an area <laughs> of about a little less than a million people. Uh, yeah. Albuquerque, the, the greater metropolitan area was 600,000. And uh, we talked about Roger and Jeff, Southern California, and, and Roger was a good negotiator and, and he ended up negotiating with us a territory somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 million 20 people. Million. <laughs> so, so, you know, market size is quite different. And, um, but we were starting to see volume move and we we're starting to see numbers that were, were unique to us. Um, he, and, and what actually happened was Roger did something that isn't really what we wanted at the time and probably not what was best for the market overall, but it was what was needed in the moment. And so what that was, was he actually set up, um, we, we called them sub dealers. Well, and, let's talk about the Louisiana purchase for a minute. <laughs> Right. I mean, we're out there. We don't know what we're doing. Yeah. And we, we go out to California to meet this guy that was interested in being a dealer. And we might've talked about this a little bit, but we were sitting at that restaurant and he slides a check across the table and is like, I'm I'm ready. Here's a check. I want to be a dealer. And and we didn't, you know, we pushed it back, said no. And he pushed it back. And, And that's the one we went back and you stuck it in the drawer but in that, what we call the Louisiana purchase, or you know, jokingly called the Louisiana purchase, he acquired a territory that was pretty much all of Southern California, yeah. from from Los Angeles down, including out to Riverside County and the Palm Desert area down through San Diego, Orange County, all of that, and that was a single purchase for seventy five hundred dollars. 
Yeah, and it, that doesn't make any sense. And, and <laughs> there, what, there, there were many things we did that didn't make sense. Yeah, but, but this was probably top of the list. And, and if we we, we kind of go back to the Astralon days, we had had experience in the Astralon market where we interacted with other dealers. And there was somebody in Southern California. It was a lady that had um, set up these sub-dealers in these, this tiered system. And, and the problem we saw was when we got together with all the dealers, they were excluded. Yes. Sub-dealers because we couldn't talk pricing because they had a different pricing tier. And we couldn't talk methods because how we ordered and things was all different. And so – it created this like secondary class and we knew we didn't want that. Right. Which is so perplexing when I look back at it now and think <laughs> why in the world did we agree to like 20 million people over um, probably an area as big as the state of Ohio. Yeah. Um, knowing that we didn't want sub dealers. Well, Roger was a really good. <laughs> Roger was he, a very, was, he was very good. Very, and he very had a good, way very... of getting you to see his side, even when it didn't make sense. And and I think we had this conversation. We told him you can't do the sub dealer thing. He's like, no, 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 but I am going to set up these other markets with yeah, these, these people are... involved. And essentially he did what we said not to do, but it's what was required in order to cover a territory, the size right. of what we gave him. Right. So I mean, that's exactly right. He did. Absolutely, what we what we didn't want and what we asked him not to, but at the same time he did what was required because we screwed up assigning too much of an area. I don't want to foreshadow, but I feel like this is going to play out in our story as <laughs> we think continue. this. So, so we might be laying a foundation for something that comes into play later in you our story. You may want to make a, a mental big, note yeah. about this one. But in essence, what Roger <clears throat> did was he bought this area. Are we saying numbers? I, think I already said, did. Yeah. yeah so already so did. he bought it for 7,500. Then he broke it up and he turned around and resold it like five or six times over. Yeah. And he sold it for more than what he paid. Like each of each the one. individual pieces was sold for more than the total. Yeah. He paid us. So, and just and on that, it was still a good value. It was a good value. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he didn't like take advantage of anybody, well, but we kind of. Yeah. So, I don't know. So he, he ends up five, six times his money just out of the gate. Then he's selling this product and he's, he's marking it up. So, and I, I don't remember all of them, but we had what there was LA County it was split into multiple territories. There was San Diego County, San Bernardino into Palm Springs area. Reno was one. Yeah, no, Riverside so, is into Palm Springs. So how did Reno fit into the whole Southern California? He knew somebody up there and we just said yes. <laughs> so it was, it was Reno, it Tahoe. Was Southern California and, and we're going to throw in a bonus yeah. today and today only. If That's you a- buy all of Southern California for 7,500, <laughs> we're going to throw in Reno and I Tahoe. Think there was a second t- purchase in there, but either way he had all of these set up and he started to create these multiple markets. So as Roger is setting up these, other markets we're seeing volume move through but at the same time we're seeing i mean it's a work. mess it's we're, a we're, lot of work it's a lot of tracking orders now orders are coming in we've got to ship them to multiple locations for one dealer and there's different types i mean i think payment was coming from one place because he was collecting the money yeah i, I think we could describe it as a big bowl of spaghetti soup bo- <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know what spaghetti soup is but this might have been a picture well, of it. So you think about spaghetti, it's all these long, crazy noodles. And then soup, it makes it even more messy. slippery. Yeah. So you tried to get 
spaghetti soup, it's not going to work very yeah. well. And, and it didn't. I mean, so we're fighting our way through, but we're, we're receiving orders. Yes. We're placing orders. Yes. Then we're trying to track the shipments. Did they get to the right place? Did we get the pickup? Um, and then if there are questions and, and we have to train right, these people and what Roger's doing is mag magnified times five, because he's five or six, he's got these people coming to him. And then, um, he's just got all this stuff flooding through to us. And, you know, guys, we're going from zero to hundred miles per hour pretty quick here because three months before, you know, we had three, four months before we'd really just got started with Forevalon as an idea. And we, we got things are happening out in California. Right. And, and at this point we're starting to get to a point where we're selling more volume in a given month than we would sell in five or six months before. So Roger was right in the sense that we really needed that many dealers to cover that large of an area. And he was making it work. Uh, but again, we already said this, it wasn't the model we wanted. And we knew that there were inherent problems in this because of what we'd seen in California that you talked about before. And we were kind of, we, there wasn't, it was a difficult or awkward time. In addition to the spaghetti, all the different orders, all the things we're trying to figure out. And we, we hit this so quickly. We're also kind of running down a road that we realized there's a chance this isn't going to end well. Right. And we, so it was, there was a lot of tension going on there and, and a lot of that tension was on us. So we're trying to, right. to manage I, I wouldn't say tension between us, us and, and Roger, Roger or anything no. like that, but just tension because we're feeling like, okay, this is good. There's a lot of volume. There's a lot going on. But this is bad because we, this isn't the model we wanted, and we know there are some inherent problems, and there's going to be somewhere down the road, there, there are going to be problems that come up out of this. Yeah, and at the same time, it's it's stretching us to be able to handle all of this volume, all of these orders, all of the trainings. We're driving back and forth to California, to Arizona. Um, you had ACL surgery about this say, time. Let's let's throw <laughs> everything in the mix. I'm coaching amazingly, you know, we talked about, we didn't have time to do anything. We didn't ride our motorcycles and whatever. I did carve out time to coach youth football yeah. four nights a week. And we'd have practice. I think we'd start at like five. And so I, I would scoot out and get to practice as often as I could, but I had some assistant coaches cause there, there were multiple times there were practices. I wasn't able to get to the coaches would take it. But at the end of this season, we have a father son picnic as you so often do. And, or coach, wait, I thought, coach, player. Wait, wait, wait. You were coaching. I thought there was, you had an ACL surgery. Was it one of your players? Well, you see, I wasn't playing on Foreverlon. I was playing on natural grass. Oh. And there are lots of injuries that happen on natural that grass because I've it's an it. uneven surface and you don't know. So somebody threw an interception to a little kid on the, the kid's Who team. The and it was the coaches. I am quite certain it was Coach Rick. If I, <laughs> oh. if I'm going to say. Or maybe Coach Kevin. I'm not I'm not following the sword on that one. So this little kid that's got to be like four foot eight and 67 pounds is zipping up the field. And he's trying to put a juke on me. And he fakes left, fakes right. And I plant and pop. <laughs> so this guy. There goes the knee. I do make the tackle. This guy gave you the shake and bake. He shook. And dropped your ACL? He shook and he booked. Oh, and man. the ACL went pop and I'm, but I make the tackle. I make the tackle 
and I'm laying on the ground and it is like, if any of you have ever popped an ACL and at this point, that was my second, um, that was pretty severe pain. Did you have and, the surgery in Albuquerque or did you go back to Ohio? For no, I had it in Albuquerque. Okay. And, um, this happened. So it was the end of the season. This was November <clears throat> end up having surgery in December. So we're building our business in Albuquerque. We're building this national business. I'm having surgery on my ACL. And I will come give out you of credit, that. even between the injury and the surgery, you were still working. Oh, for, for a month. Uh, there was a month between the injury there. and surgery and we're rolling out grass. We're, we're, we're doing what we do. I'm, you know, I mean, maybe hobbling a little, sure, but I'm you were getting it done. Riding my coattails. <laughs> I was carrying you like a heavy backpack, but you were out there. Uh, backpack with a brain at that point, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so what does all this have to do with the story? Oh, I don't know. It's part of the story. But what, what's neat, Brian, is you said we're making trips to Arizona. Yeah. We're making trips to California. So we signed up a new dealer, um, Mike, out in Arizona. And his training was in January. So this is like four weeks post-surgery. I drive the truck and trailer with Derek to California. We load up a lot of grass that was out in California because we needed that to take down to Arizona for a training. Drive to Arizona. So I've got this pyramid of these rolls of grass. And you know the rolls there. I don't know. They were 50, probably 50-foot rolls. And you've got four and then three and then two and one. And we've got them strapped in. And we get down there to Arizona, and it's Derek and me. And we've got to unload the grass. And so here I am. You got the forklift, right? Climbing, with the pole? Yeah, the forklift with that? the five fingers five on either end of the, the pole, two poles. And Derek and I are up there lifting up these rolls and tossing them off. And I'm on my freshly uh, surgically repaired, repaired. surgically repaired knee. And you know how the rolls are heavy and they move. And I remember like my foot slipped and went under a roll, and the roll fell on my leg. And I thought for sure I retore the ACL, um, but I didn't. I'm okay. You know, you see me athletically. I've seen you make have those not, cuts now. I have not lost a step. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, but I, I don't know. The thing there is, guys, grit, grit is one of the Frevlon Fs. Sometimes you just have to do stuff. Yep. And this is stuff we had to do. And the fact that I tore my ACL, the fact that I had surgery – it doesn't stop the the fact that we had to do this stuff. We had a business. We had people counting on us. We had to fight through. So, so. we talked about being stretched. We were stretched um, mentally. This was a, a new yes, process, trying, new deal. Trying to soup, do trying to this. figure it out. We were stretched emotionally because we knew this wasn't the quite the right of, way to the do it. The tension of chasing, the excitement of having all this business Correct. happening, the tension of realizing this might not be right. We were stretched financially because Always. we had to manage these orders. These Now the volume is multiplying quickly and we've got to have the money in the bank to move stuff. And then we were stretched physically. Yes. And I, that's a four-way stretch. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's like, like drawn and quartered. <laughs> if you don't know what drawn and quartered is, look just it look up. it up. <laughs> but that's where we were. Yeah. And, uh, you know... So in the midst of all this, I remember being in the office and getting a call from Eli. If you guys remember Eli, he was our salesman. Um, they left at the, right after Ashland filed the bankruptcy and we were out. Eli and Richard left. They started uh, a competing company right down the road. They were selling turf. Um, 
and they'd taken a lot of our leads and, and all that. And he just called to check in. And I remember him asking, he's like, well, so, you know, what does Eli would do? So, so how much volume are you guys doing? How much grass are you moving? And I don't know, we hadn't thought about it a whole lot, but I stopped and I thought, well, you know, here's what we're moving in Albuquerque. Here's what we're moving in Florida. Here's what we're moving in California. And I think the answer was, I said, well, Eli, you know, we're, we're pulling about 40,000 square feet a month. Yeah. And, and put, put that into, well, well, Eli's I, response. Yeah. He was like, wow, I'm impressed. And, and, you know, Eli was a cantankerous old man. Wasn't happy about anything. Who was not certain our ship impressed. was sinking. Yes. Which is why he which jumped is off. Why he jumped. And it was just kind of neat. Cause I, we, right. We're running and you're not stopping to see it. We're not checking the gauges. We're just, we're running. And that was a moment. It's like, wow, that is a lot of turf because. Yeah. To, to set the stage at the start of that year, start of 2004, we were probably, um, we had, we had run about 60,000 square feet the year before yep. in Albuquerque. In so 60,000 square feet in a year. We're now saying about 40,000 square feet a month. And I mean, that happened pretty quick. It did. Now, there was another thing that shifted in there. That was the difference between retail, retail sales and wholesale, and wholesale sales. And that was a big difference. Our margins went from kind right. of chunkier margins. Yeah. I mean, if we're, if we're selling small. retail, we're selling to the end consumer. And so they're, they're paying us for the, the retail price. If we're selling to our dealers, they're selling to the consumer to retail price. We're getting a small markup, the wholesale right. piece. And all of a sudden that's different. So much larger volume did not necessarily mean much larger money. But it was exciting to see that business growing and developing. And, and right, it's just one of those moments where you just kind of pause and said, wow, this is, this is starting to happen, right? It's gone. Yeah. And so, I, you know, it always feels good when somebody looks at what you're doing and says, hey, that's, that's impressive. And, and we had that moment. And especially when it's somebody who at, a, at the time had told us, Kind of, hey, I don't believe in you guys. I'm going a different direction. So, <laughs> right. And right, this, he was summarily dismissed. So <laughs> yeah. he felt like sharing that. But, but yeah, I, it was, it was an interesting time and it was an exciting time. And like you said, it was a challenging time. It was a t- tiring time. And you put all this together and, and right, we, we like, we like trying to wrap this up and say, okay, you know, Here's a story, Here's you know, what are, what are our takeaways? I mean, as we started doing this, you started to pull out your computer and you found some old things that we wrote yeah, about this yeah. time. And as we looked at that, we like, there's not enough time to get into that in this episode, uh, but it really plays together. Yeah. I'm finding documents we wrote in early 2005, which was right about the time, you know, this is end of 2004, early 05. It was just pretty neat. And so, so what we're going to do is kind of extend this to next week. And they call that a, that's why they call cliff hanger. Cliff hanger, hanging from a cliff. And that's why he's called cliff hanger. Because <laughs> he's hanging by a cliff. For those of you that remember read between the lions, there was a character cliff hanger. He was always hanging by a cliff. <laughs> His name was Cliff. It was really funny and memorable. Yeah. So, but that's what we've got right so here. So this is an opportunity. Producers, read between the lines if you want to advertise on our show. <laughs> I 
that think give they, us a call. They think that show went under twenty five years ago, but <laughs> um, but yeah. So so we we had to walk the walk. Yeah. Right. And sometimes you walk the walk before it's reality, and, yeah. and that's you know, and, and that's what we're going to dig into um, next week. So uh, here we'd say, guys, make sure you're following the show. And by following the show, I think we mean subscribing. Is that, is that hit the little plus sign on the top right hand corner? If you're on Apple or hit follow on Spotify, and that'll make sure you get the notification when the next episode releases. But I will just tell you, if you've listened to this episode and you want to know what all of this means next episode, uh, we're going to break that down and share some of the takeaways that we learned going through this time that hopefully you can apply to your business and help you become people of impact so get that acl surgery and then get out there and get to work <laughs> i don't know if that was the takeaway but take that bowl of spaghetti <laughs> and unwind it i know there's, there's a couple things here uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys next week it's great having you on board this is the fred carmy reminding you that faith looks up hope looks ahead And love looks all around to see whom it can help. Good day.